When trust is broken, the way we present ourselves to the outside world as a professional, as a religious person, as an, as an honorable person, often is responsible for building up trust with the people around us. People trust us because of the way we present ourselves. When we damage another person, we can recover. But to damage when trust has been broken is almost impossible. And that uh, underlies the sugya that we're going to be learning today, which concerns the korban asham gazela, that when a person has stolen something, denies having stolen it, swears in the Beisdin that he didn't steal it, that uh, requires not only the return of this lost property when he wants to do tshuva, when he wants to repent, not only does he have to return the lost property, he also has to add another fifth value onto that repayment and bring a korban in the Beit HaMikdash. There's a, there's a religious ceremony as well. He's got to go to the temple, he's got to go to the Beit HaMikdash, and he's got to uh, bring a korban, he's got to bring a sacrifice and go through a process of repentance in the Beit HaMikdash. Let's have a look at the Psukim at the end of Parashat Veikra. When the soul sins and is deceitful against Hashem, and denies his friend, whether it's a pikadon, a situation where a friend has given him something to keep for him in trust, or he's invested business, money with him in a business, or he's lent him money, or begezel, or he stole money, or ashok et amito, or he, has, he owes his friend a salary, he owes his friend payment for, for work. Uh, any of these cases where you're holding money that actually belongs to another person, or you found lost property, and you deny having found the lost property. And you take a false oath to, to affirm what you, what you claim. Any of these examples. Then in such a case, if a person sins, he must return it. And if he made an oath, in addition, he must add 20%. And... Give it Give it to the person he stole it from. That fine of the extra fifth is not paid to the Beit HaMikdash or, or, or to the government. It's paid to the person from whom he stole. And then he brings a korban asham gzela in the Beit HaMikdash, which is an ayil. And then the Kohen can take him through the Shuva process, through the repentance process, and he can be atoned. The Sforna also adds, based on the Gemara and Kufyut, which we'll come to soon, A Korban doesn't work if you haven't already returned the lost property and, and appeased the person who you harmed. It doesn't help to go and do tshuva and to knock your chest and to say, Ashamnu Bagadnu, if you're still holding the property that you stole in the first place. First, you've got to get the Ben Adam L'Chavero right. You've got to get the relationships right. Once the human relationships are right, you can work on the God relationships. It's in that order. First, the human relationships have to be right, then you can work on the God relationships. That's what Rabbi Akiva says to the, that's why Hillel says to the gay who wants to convert, learn the Torah while standing on one, on one foot. And Hillel says, don't do to others what you don't want done to yourself. The Torah starts with getting your relationships right. When your relationships are right, you can move on to a relationship with God that flows quite naturally. But you can't build a religiosity on a flawed foundation of faulty interpersonal relationships. Those interpersonal relationships have to be right first. That's the piece of Chumash. The Mishnah um, says, back on Daf Kuf Gimel, if you stole even just a pruta's worth, it doesn't matter what the quantity is. And you made an oath that you didn't. 
you stole a dime from somebody. He says, hey, you stole this from you. You say, I swear I didn't. You make a shvua, I didn't. And then you feel bad about it. Meanwhile, this person's gone overseas. He's gone far away. It doesn't matter how far he's gone. You've got to go and find him and return the dime to him. If his son comes and says, you know what? His son lives next door to you and says, I'll take it and I'll get it to my father. That, you can't do that. And even if a shaliach is sent, you can't send it, through, send it through FedEx either. You can't use a messenger. Even though everywhere we say that a shaliach works, so surely here, if a man has made a shaliach to receive his lost property, his stolen property, and I return it to the shaliach, I return it to the agent, surely it's as if I've returned it to the person himself. Not in this case. You can give it to the Beisdin if he wants. That's a different, a different takana. But you can't. in this case, even a shliach doesn't work. Why? It says Rova and Agmor on Daf Kufdalit, the kivan the yadal man gazla gazle ve'oidile, because here if he didn't make a shvur. So what is the difference between whether he made an oath or he didn't? If he didn't make an oath and he just wants to return the lost property, he can use the messenger. He he can use FedEx, but if he's made an oath, he's got to return it personally. What's the difference? Explains Rover. Rova explains the Mishnah, if there's no Shavua involved, there's no oath involved. So a man steals money. He then feels bad about it. So he calls up his friend, he says, I've got a terrible admission to make to you, I stole some money from you. He says, thank you for letting me know. At that point, says Rava, what the, the person who's the owner of the property is also saying is, I'll come and get it from you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know. I'll come and get it from you. feel a bit bad about it. I feel a bit angry about it. But I'll come and get my last property. So sure, come by any time. So what is his status? The gazlan, the thief. What is his status now that he's admitted? The owner knows where the property is and intends to come and collect it. Says Rava, now he's a shomer. Now he's a trustee. I'm no longer a thief. I've apologized, I've admitted, I'm going to pay it back. And the, and the owner says, fine, I'll come by and get it. So what am I until he comes by to get it? I'm a Shomer. If I'm a Shomer, I've already fulfilled mitzvat hashava. I've already returned the lost property. Who have I returned it to? To myself, who's now the trustee. So the thief gave it to the, to the owner's trustee. The trustee and the thief happened to be the same person. But the thief has done shuvah, he's repented, and now he's a trustee. Now the owner says, I'll come by. He doesn't say, I'll come by this minute. Or bring it to my house this minute. He says, I'll come and get it. So that means that until at that moment, he converts his status from thief to trustee. And in that way, he's actually returned the stolen property at that very moment. However, but if he's made a, an oath, it's different. What's the difference if he's made an oath? Now he needs atonement. What atonement does he have to bring? He has to bring a korban. He has to bring a sacrifice in the temple. And what did we learn? We're going to learn that you can't bring the sacrifice if you haven't already done hashava. Now you need proper kapara. For that, you've got to go and find him and you've got to face him face to face. The man who you swore you hadn't stolen, you've got to look him in the eye and say to him, I swore falsely, I lied. I'm terribly sorry. I'm doing tshuva for that. Here's the article plus an extra 20% of the value. But what difference does the oath make? If this principle of Rava works, that means when you've admitted and the, the owner now knows where the lost property is 
and he doesn't send the police to go and fetch it immediately, he's accepting that you're going to take care of it until he comes, so your status has changed. So why can't he do tshuva already? Yes, I understand he needs kapara. He's got to bring a korban. And you can't bring a korban until you've returned the lost property, the stolen property. But in this case, he's returned the stolen property using Rava's principle. Why does the shvua make the difference? Is Tosfus's question. The Rava says the shvua makes the difference. Is Tosfus, I don't understand why the shvua makes the difference. So Tosfus goes on to explain that we're talking in a case where the owner doesn't yet know about the atonement of the thief. He's far away, he hasn't yet heard, he hasn't told him yet. It's, it's quite difficult to learn the Gemara that way, as we'll see. But the important thing is Tosvis's question, why does the Shvua make the difference? And it's because of Tosvis's question that the Rambam does a very strange thing. The Rambam brings this din. Uh, even though you, you denied it, if you didn't make an oath, you don't have to go chasing him all overseas. He's at the moment on vacation in Hawaii or wherever. You don't have to go to Hawaii to find him to return lost property. You wait till he comes back from his vacation and he'll come and get the lost property from you because you didn't make a shvua. But if you did make an oath, even if it's only a dime's worth, umala, anything more than that, chayav lirdof achar habaylim ad sheyachzir lahem afilu heim be'iyei hayam. You've got to chase after the owner of the stolen property and find him, even if he's in distant islands. Islands are places people go to when they want to get lost. When they just want to, they, they want to get away from the world. The people go to islands, says the Rambam. Even if they went to the, if he went to the islands, you go to the islands and you find him. And in those days, going to the islands wasn't a flight away. You know what that took to go to the islands. You've got to go to because you can't bring a korban until you've done it. You've got to go. Why mipnei? Reason? What did the Gemara tell us? That the Gemara gave us the reason because he needs kapara. The Rambam abandons the Gemara's reason and gives his own reason. Because when he made the oath, the owner gave up hope and released ownership. He thought, okay, I'm never going to listen. I thought this man had stolen it. He swore to me that he didn't steal it. Now I don't know where it is. I've, I've given up hope. So he's not going to come after him to claim it anymore. A difficult Rambam. The, the, what the Rambam says is difficult, and why the Rambam says it is even more difficult. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins like the Rambam. He brings the Rambam word for word. And the Shach says in the Choshen Mishpat, why does the Rambam have to make up a new reason? The Gemara's reason is very clear, and there are differences between the Rambam's reason and the Gemara's reason. There are halachic implications of the two reasons. Says, says the Shach, why is the Rambam making up a new reason? I don't understand, he says, there. there are others that go that way as well. Why should that be? The Ktsos HaChoshen explains the Rambam in the most magnificent, ingenious, beautiful way. Because what happened? He's worried about Tosfus's question. At the end of the day, Tosfus's question is very powerful. What difference does the Shavua make? What difference does the oath make? Rava has given us a principle. The principle is, once I've told the owner that I have your property, I'm sorry, I stole it. A terrible thing. I will never do it again. I feel so bad. I'm going to pay you back. It says Rava, at that point he becomes trustee. He's no longer thief, he becomes trustee, which means he's returned the property. He's returned the owner's property to the owner's trustee, who in this case is me. Therefore, I can now go to the Beis Hamikdash and I can bring my korban and I can get kapara. 
So, 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 and if I did an oath, what makes that, why is that different? Says the Ketos it's because of the, Ram, the Tosfos' question that the Rambam has to go deeper than the Gemara takes us. In order to explain the Gemara, he's got to take us a level deeper. What happens at the moment that this man swore? So I've lost my Rolex watch. It's the famous Rolex watch that we've had throughout Bovacama. I've lost it. I think somebody's taken it. I think I know who took it. I confront the man. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm really sorry about the loss of your watch, but I have nothing to do with it. Are you willing to swear that you have nothing to do with this? Absolutely. It's going to be in. I'll make a shvur. Makes a shvur with his, puts on his hat and his long coat, puts on his Shabbos clothes, goes to the Bezdin, stands in front of the Oren Kodesh, makes a shvur. At that point, I say, okay, I believe him. It's not him. I thought it was him. It's not him. Then he calls me up two weeks later. It's a terrible thing. False oath. It was me. I lose trust in him at that moment. He's no, he's no trustee. I no longer say, okay, hang on to it. I'll come and get it. I don't believe you'll actually give it to me when I come and get it. I believe by the time I get it, it will be stolen. You'll have some excuse. It got lost. It got, I'm not even going to bother to come and get it from you because I've lost trust. So we see here, if you've stolen something from me and you own up, I can still make you my trustee. I can reestablish trust. We do things, we do silly things, we take things, we do. Ben Gurion's wife was a shoplifter. She was just one of these uh, kleptomaniacs who used to steal things. And they used to have policemen who used to walk after them to make sure that in the hotels where they would travel, she wouldn't steal the, the cutlery. It's a, it's, a, it's a disease, it's an illness. People do funny things. I forgive you. I can reestablish trust. But if you stood in a based in and you made a shavuah, you presented yourself as somebody who is so God-fearing that you're willing to make an oath in front of God that it wasn't you and I trusted that oath. You're no longer my trustee. I don't even trust you to give me back the property when I come to fetch it. That's what the Rambam means. The oath made the owner give up. So he's given up so much, he's lost so much trust that he won't even come to get it because he's not sure he will get it if he comes. That's what loss of trust does. You can be my trustee if you stole from me, but you can't be my trustee if you've misrepresented yourself to me as an honest religious person, and I find you're just a gunner at the end of it. And if you look back at the psukim, you'll now see the whole parsha makes sense. Because this is not a parsha about theft. The korban Hashem gzela is not about theft. The korban Hashem gzela is about abuse of trust. That's what the parsha is about. And you see the words, umma'au, and you, would, and you did me'ila, you, you, you abused trust. Vekich, we'll look at that word in a moment. Vekichesh, you denied, you lied. This is not about the theft. It's called an asham gzela, but it's really an asham sheker. It's, a, it's an asham for lying about the gzela in a particular way of taking an oath. In other words, you employed your religiosity to, mis, to abuse my trust. That's not, that's not forgivable. That needs, you've got to go and confront the person face to face. You've got to embarrass yourself. You've got to return the lost property, add 20%, go to the Besamikdash, Korban, the whole story. Because that is terrible to do that. And that's why in these cases of religious clerics, priests and things who abused women and children, it's so, so much worse than an ordinary person doing it. Because the children and the women trusted the person because of the position that they held. That's what makes it so much bad. And we've had it in our own 
in our own religion as well. It's not just other religions. We've had enough of those issues and many more that we don't even know about. It's the terrible thing of the abuse. The Ibn Ezra says, what is the word ma'al? Davar shenit kaseh alav. Me'ilo is about covering something up. Migzerat me'il. It comes from the word me'il. Me'il says, Shimshun Rafael Hirsch, is what the Kohen wears in the Beis Hamikdash. Me'il. It's what a Rosh Hashiva wears. It's what a rov wears. A long coat. That's a me'il. Ki chachetu bekodshe Hashem. Because you've used God to cover your sin. You've used God to build trust. You've presented yourself as a priest. You've presented yourself as a rov. You've presented yourself as a Rosh Hashiva. You've presented yourself as a trustworthy person, a religious person. Or in secular terms, you've presented yourself as a professional, as a trusted advisor. And I've trusted you because of the way you've presented yourself. Me'il is the way you present yourself to the world. It's the way you dress. It's the way you bear yourself. It's the way you, people understand. You've presented yourself as somebody who can be trusted. That can never be, re, never be regained. And even when the person calls the owner of the property up and says, I stole and I lied and I gave a... F-, you're, not my, you're not my trusted friend anymore. Until you, you come and you bring it back to me, until you've actually brought it back to me, I don't consider that as any kind of hashava. I don't call, consider that as any kind of, of return. And so we need to be particularly cautious and understand People relate to us the way we present ourselves. And mostly we like to present ourselves as trustworthy people. When we present ourselves as trustworthy people and people act on that and put their trust in us, whether it's a child to a parent, a wife to a husband or a husband to a wife, a student to a teacher, a client to a lawyer, a Talmud to a Rov. It doesn't matter what the situation is. If a person has put themselves in a situation of trust, if God forbid that trust is abused, it's difficult or maybe even impossible to rebuild the trust. One has to preserve it and watch over it and take care of one's reputation uh, because it's, it's so precious, so powerful, and cannot be easily repaired.